Welcome to Psychs in the City, the modern day mental health podcast brought to you by Dr. Ditzel Psychiatry. Each week, New York's top psychiatrist, Dr. Jeff Ditzel, is going to bring you an interesting mental health topic to continue the conversation and help end the stigma surrounding mental health. No topic is off limits when it comes to Dr. D Psychiatry. And with that, here's your host, Dr. Jeff Ditzel. Dr. Jeff, how are you doing today? Lovely, lovely. And you? Not too bad, to be fair. Can't complain. No, the, nice. the, the sun's shining over here. Like, it's just, it's just, just a nice day we're having. It's nice. It's <laughs> nice. your holiday nice going? It's nice over here. Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's suspense in your village. Think about it. Think about it. It's good. <laughs> Um, fun. My, I was telling somebody, maybe I was telling you, maybe I told you. Yeah, we were talking about success yesterday, right? And what, yes. what we conceptualized that. Um, and so one of those levels of success, I thought personally was enjoying what you do so much that, I mean, you would do it even if you didn't have to do it, right? I don't know if I phrased I it that, that way, but... No, but I think it, it just cements it, doesn't it? Because we've, we've spoken about it quite a lot, of like even like how we met and kind of how this has kind of grew into like a partnership and, you know, like not a partnership, but like just this real nice kind of like environment that we've kind of created. Team. Yeah, yeah team. from like, we're like all over the world. And so, yeah, that to me, like, I don't have to have like millions of pounds in the bank to feel successful, like, this especially this past year and like surviving a pandemic and creating something like this that to me is success because it's from like pushing through that pain and those barriers to get to a place where you feel happy you, you found your purpose you're doing something that you love mm-hmm. that is success i believe so too i i, I think we phrase it a different way um enjoying the thing that you do so much for a living that uh, you can approach it at a level that if someone out were looking from outside, they might consider it a borders on obsession, but you're just doing what you love to do. It's not, it's not the other way, not, not the other way, but I do think that you're choosing to, um, do the thing that you do for a living you know like I, I guess it might be the same thing for like a professional musician or artist or something like that or athlete you know you just enjoy and you happen to be able to make a living and you know build a business so it's fun classes but as yeah. artists i think I we fall into that category now like i'd class us as artists <laughs> i guess there's an art to the delivery of what we do probably exactly but with you being on holiday and the sun shining over here, it kind of raised that question of if you were stuck on a desert island, like what three things could you not live without? My kids would definitely be at the top. Are we talking <laughs> practically or just? I was thinking more so, like a boat or something or food, but. Yeah, a boat would be good. <laughs>
So on today's show, I thought it'd be really funny to talk about this because someone mentioned it to me the other day, especially because we were talking about like the benefits of going to therapy and, you know, what you look for in a good therapist. And it slowly turned into a question that was like, dating is very similar to finding a therapist. Like, you know, you kind of, you put the feelers out, you put yourself out there, like you see if you have like a good connection, like, you know, see if it's a good fit. At first, you don't know how much like to kind of give away in terms of like how you're feeling. Like, would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, anything that you're going to be doing that involves your inner world, right? So if you're dating, fine. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're training, with a trainer, if you're if you're working with someone who's helping you um, with the proper training diet and things like that, or um, coaching, certainly there's a bit of, or even finding a barber, you know, or a good mechanic or something yeah. like that. Like there's this, you're building a relationship. I guess is probably the point of commonality, you know, without getting too far uh, off the yeah, rails. As long as the, yeah, as long as the lines aren't crossed. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think generally speaking you know you want to have a good fit and i often tell people that um as they come into the practice for an initial consultation that it's essentially you know trying it's like trying on sneakers right you got to try a few on before you find a good fit and it might be a combination i hope a combination of skill clinical skill but also um relatability or a certain um chemistry yeah so i think with therapy whether it's coaching or um psychiatric treatment or um you know any any type of thing where it's based on relationship you have to build a relationship so in that way it's kind of like dating um and then you know i think a positive ther- therapeutic alliance is based on both the uh, transference is what it's called for the patient's feeling towards the mm-hmm. uh, clinician. And then countertransference is the clinician's feel for um, the client. So ideally um, that type of back and forth can actually be informative. I, um, not everybody likes everything that everybody does. Right. So if you have a certain um, reaction to things as a clinician, right? You might choose not to um, act upon that reaction, but nonetheless, having the reaction is like spidey sense. It gives you, um, if you understand what it means when you have that feeling about things, it can be sort of precognitive. It can tell you like, like a premonition, like spidey sense that this is the scenario that's going on. So when I deal with certain types of um, clients with certain personality constructs, I'll have, you know, uh, information come up on my grid based on the interaction that will lead me towards certain things diagnostically, as well as uh, how to manage them. This is really interesting. And actually, I actually wrote this question down to ask you, but literally about 20 minutes ago before we started recording. (laughs) So when you're in kind of like social situations, like Mm -hmm. does your kind of psychiatrist brain ever kind of switch it off? Like, 
do you kind of pick up on people's like behaviors and mannerisms <laughs> like very quickly like do you try do you read people <laughs> <laughs> of course it's never it's just part of i mean so so i'm constantly informed you know by my training but i don't constantly I, i'm not constantly intrusive with it yeah you know so yeah i'll pick up things of course and i'm um you know i i enjoy actually being able to kind of pick up on things and all however you know if i'm in a social setting i'm not gonna start delving around in you know people's <laughs> people's personal business you know am i aware of things as they come up is yeah. people you know are just being people sure of course so it it you know uh, helps me be more precise in my perception of what's going on. Um, having said that, it'd be, it'd be kind of like not to compare my not compare myself to like a superhero. But if you had a superpower, right? Yeah. That allowed you to, you know, like Superman has X-ray vision, right? And if you were just constantly checking people out with X-ray vision, that would be wrong, right? You just can't. You know, That's you have a good to... point, actually, isn't it? It's like if you could read minds, like, would you, <laughs> when would you stop? I imagine having that kind of power would be quite, I don't know if that would be a bit of a curse to have that kind of thing, like mind reading. Because <laughs> yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Like, it's like humans are naturally like, curious like you'd want to know what this people is, think this this is very strangely close to the plot of the dark knight where <laughs> uh was it how convenient um, <laughs> is it can't remember the guy's name but he was in charge of the tech he was played by morgan freeman and he yeah, developed he developed some sonar gadget that would let Batman basically anywhere be able to pick up conversations and in the end you know Batman used it for whatever he used it for but then gave it back and said that's too much yeah that 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 goes you know goes against my code of conduct or there's there's too much there that is potentially could be abused so I think that good old Batman Mental, yeah, everything comes back to a Batman plot, right? But with um, getting back to the <laughs> topic, <laughs> every time, every time, um, yeah. I mean, there's some. I think the common ground is like you're developing a relationship, and hopefully, that relationship can be fruitful and enjoyable, and you know, something that um, you develop a very, very strong alliance, you know, to the other human being, and. I think it's the responsibility of, you know, the clinician to make sure that that stays within a lane um, of appropriate boundary setting, you know, can sometimes get out of that lane. Um, occasionally patients can, well, a lot of times there's, you know, a positive regard for um, the clinician they're working with, whether a therapist or doctor or mental health provider, <laughs> sometimes um, there's a thing called an erotic transference that can happen Ooh. where the, the person, uh, the client basically develops a crush on 
the therapist or mental health provider that again is largely based on the um you know the setting yeah which is like they they don't really know the, the clinician right so they sort of have a projected idea of the yeah. clinician and of course clinicians in a very um very um impacting uh, position in the relationship because they're you know like helping the person out right they're they're solving the problem they're addressing the issue they're yeah you know thoughtful and hopefully and sympathetic to what's going on with the person somewhere they can the client can confide and feel safe and you know that's a pretty amazing thing in any relationship so in the context of the professional clinical relationship the um, I think the the needle to thread is, you know, developing a positive regard and positive alliance, but at the same time, not letting it go um, past that boundary. And and if it does, because it's a it's a it's a collaboration, right? Um, then the clinician has the duty of, you know, basically pointing out, you know, what the boundaries are and um, pointing out what the issue is, right? And then trying to find a path forward, which is usually you, you address it directly <clears throat> and then um, hopefully you can move past it. But if it becomes distracting or gets in the way of the work, then um, you have the obligation to transfer the care of the, of the client to another clinician because then it's just it's like a netflix documentary this does yeah i think you know it's just part of just part of the job it's like i if you haven't thought of it before it you know just like the whole topic the whole topic was like oh this is a funny interesting topic it's just novel right it obviously gets very dark (laughs) like everyone is part of yeah but it's part of the conversation you know it's Mm. part of the job um, it's just a very common part of the job. I mean, uh, when you have, uh, you know, very um, intense relationships, um, you have to guard those relationships and, and keep proper boundaries is all. And so, you know, I think having that understanding is protective. So we've had this conversation about, you know, the therapy being like dating, finding connections. There's a few questions that I want to ask just for my own curiosity with this. Yeah. But with you being obviously a top psychiatrist, have you ever been ghosted by a patient? Sure. Sure. Um, It doesn't it doesn't happen often. Um, I'm happy to say. And um, a lot of times, if someone falls off, um, a lot of times they'll circle back around at some point. So sometimes the way that you find that out <laughs> is you, they, you haven't seen them in a while. And then all of a sudden, someone's trying to get an appointment. And you're like, oh, where you been? Oh, it seems like it's, it seems like it it's been a while. <laughs> it seems like it's been a while. Um, very commonly in our practice, it's not it's not uncommon at all. We'll have patients who go away from the practice 
for whatever reason, usually it's they're moving somewhere. Um, and, um, and they go and they find another psychiatrist locally, wherever they go to, you know, they usually go out of state, out of the country. And then, um, you know, be three, four, seven years later, and you'll get a, uh, a contact from the person. No, I mean, sometimes, or sometimes someone needs something like they need a record, but a lot of times what we find is, um, you know, people will leave the, our, our care and they'll go down the road and they don't find um, what they're expecting. And so years later, you'll get a, a message from someone you hadn't seen in you know, five, 10 years. And they're like, hey, would you mind taking taking my case back on? Yeah. Which um, the fact that someone can even remember me for that long or remember our practice for that long, uh, let alone. That's good. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a compliment. Respect, you know, respected and, and valued our care that much where they're like, hey, I really want to come back in, into your care. That that's um, it's a good indicator you're on the right track. That always. But makes... from a dating point of view, it's not a good thing. <laughs> if someone has ghosted you, <laughs> it's for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And if they come back, yes, it might be I a was... little bit of a compliment. But <laughs> yes. So I, so I was I was asked the reason, like what happened, and and a lot of times there's a very if they're coming back, then they know they're gonna have to have the conversation anyway. If they're coming back yeah. in your care, so. You know, and then you talk about it, and if you feel like it's something that you can resume, which most most times it is, right? A lot of times it's it's something as simple as it was financial, something happened, yeah. and they got busy, and you know, continued on in their care, but they didn't get a chance to talk to you and inform and, and inform you. Plus, it might have been a difficult conversation at the time, you know, along the lines of like, oh, the 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 idea of having a difficult conversation i always give people time to you know let me know what's yeah. going on and then if we can move forward we do so unlike you know romantic relationship where you know likely the breakup was for a reason like things weren't working out and i mean i haven't seen many i would say the, the vast majority of relationships that go that route you've gone a certain way with another human being you've gone down a certain path it's hard to get the trust back for a lot of these things and yeah. so is it is it impossible no it's not impossible but generally it takes one or the other person changing and change can be difficult under the best of circumstances see we're not just a mental health podcast we're also here to give relationship advice <laughs> it's sort of part of a <laughs> part of that just right? opening the doors so i have one <laughs> final question for you sure and i want you to be brutally honest with this answer sure but with the thousands of patients that you see a month right <laughs> and to the probably thousands that you see a year right have you ever zoned out when someone's talking to you i'm sorry were you talking to me I oh now look he's a comedian not just a doctor yeah of course i mean every, everybody has everybody has um hopefully you don't do it very often but there are times you know that every clinician has 
zoned out or got lost in their own thoughts. I can tell you when I, uh, my, one of my sons, he's on the spectrum. He had a seizure. Uh, he was being rushed to the hospital. Um, I was alerted to all this and I had a full caseload of clients for the day. And so he's being rushed to the hospital. Um, his mother's in the ambulance. They're being transported again to another hospital. And I'm aware of all this, um, but I've got a full caseload for the day yeah. from morning till evening. And, um, you know, I did maintain my. Well, you froze. Going on. How about you back? There you go. To my, to my clients that day, they didn't know anything was going on, but I was, it took everything that I had as far as my training to put that in a box and compartmentalize that to between patients, get the updates and, and direct it because he was safe. He was under medical care. He was, yeah. you know, in transport, his really do, you know, other than disrupt uh, my patients. So, but it was one of the toughest days I had as a clinician um, or as a human being to, you know, keep that um, separate. To keep it separate, but also not to let your mind go into uh, catastrophic thinking or to, you know, launch into fear yeah. on wild imaginings. Um, and it's something that we, we teach those things as part of um, the care that we provide, you know, not how, how to manage your thoughts, wrangle your mind, uh, know when your mind is creating scenarios that are uh, anxious and ruminative, know when it even flares further into catastrophic thinking, and then how to pull yourself back from that. There's a method and process that you can do that. It's a very helpful skill set. Part of it is identifying when it's even going on. So there's logical things because we're, we're all more alike than different. So of course, you know, a mental health provider is going to have these same thoughts come up, but hopefully they've, you know, been able to not just espouse, but learn the very same skills that they talk about in order to manage their own thoughts. Right. So in retrospect, that having happened, that, that very scary situation um, where, where my son had a seizure, um, there was some, there was that, you know, under pretty much any circumstance, I can imagine the, the, the most um, anxiety provoking being the health and welfare of your child, um, that these skill sets hold up, they hold water. Right, so to have gone through that and faced with the the obstacle or the, the the scary situation, to rely on mindset practices, even though difficult, right, and then to use those same practices to navigate a very scary situation and do it with in a calm, controlled manner, deeply satisfying because then you know it's you know, it's, it's pressure tested. Yeah. Like practice what you preach. 
I mean, we're all practicing, you know, like I, I try to let clients know. I mean, th the same things that you're going through, generally we're all going through. And so if you learn how to manage your thoughts more efficiently and more effectively, it's going to help your situation. You're not so reactive. You're more thoughtfully responsive. Much the same way, you know, that, that applies for, for all of us. So if these techniques work for you, it's like going to work for your friend or your, your wife or your husband or your kids. Or your, you know, so you try to kind of get to the truth of the matter, the truth of certain things, the certain truths that are out there. And if they're true, you know, they, they, they hold up. But we're all practicing. So it's a, it's a group effort, you know. Perfect. <laughs> Jeff, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure having these chats. If you agree with what he says, or if you've got any questions for the man himself, obviously get in touch and I'll be sure to get the answer from him. So yes, if you like what you've heard, hit that subscribe button, get involved, hit up the website, the Instagram, you know where to find us, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Sykes in the City. The podcast is all about ending the stigma surrounding mental health. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, and follow us on social for more exclusive content.